0: venture into one of the fastest growing businesses on earth right now on cannabis economy converging with the brightest and best cannabis leaders and luminaries paving the way to progress your profit margin capitalize and compound your cannabis portfolio now on cannabis economy with your host seth adler
1: midwest cannabis Yes, the plan is coming alive in the heartland of America. Welcome to Session 2 of Cannabis Economy on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Seth Adler. First, we talk to Tim McGraw who runs Revolution Enterprises out of Illinois with all due respect uh, to country music he's got cultivation production and retail coming online he's uh, doing big things in that great state but he's definitely not stopping there We then talked to Mark Passerini, who runs Home of Medicine, a great dispensary in Michigan, and uh, also runs the Illinois Cannabis Industry Association. Two folks doing really good work in the space and territories that will be better known in cannabis by year's
2: end. Okay, Tim McGraw. Thanks for having me, Seth. There we go. I've been looking forward to this for a while.
1: There you go. So, um, you know, people hear your voice
2: and think that you're, what, 65 years old? <laughs> that's not the first time I've heard that, right. for sure. I am, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to look at it, 35. Okay, and, but you've done a lot here. Yeah, I've been been in business for myself for basically my whole adult life. Uh-huh. Um, started off pretty young. At the, uh, started off in the mortgage business. Uh, was a telemarketer when I was still in high school, 17 years old. Uh, uh, parlayed that into being a loan officer, and because of my voice, uh, nobody knew how old I was or whether I knew what I was doing or not. Right. And uh, moved up the ranks, and uh, then by 19, I had my own mortgage company. By 19? By 19, yeah. Uh, opened a mortgage company with my brothers. Uh, realized pretty quickly that uh, uh, working with family is not the easiest thing in the world. No. Especially when you're putting in uh, 80 hours a week, and they're showing up whenever they want. Uh-huh. So, uh, it went well, we did well, uh, but where I, you know, moved, I moved on to the wholesale side of things, and that's where I really started uh you know, we're seeing some major uh, success.
1: All right. Let's uh, take the opportunity and talk to you about why you started a business when you were 19. Not everybody does that. Some people, uh, I think Andy Williams talked about building fences, but it was a side gig. This was the real deal. You were actually on your own and doing
2: this. Yeah. At 19, I was hiring, firing 50-year-olds. It was. I've had 50-year-old men break down in my office. It was a, a difficult thing to you know, uh, trial by fire, so to speak. Yeah. You know? Um, but so, it was a great, great lesson. I mean, it, I, I, you know, you learn from your like, uh, like your previous guest said, you learn more from your fails than your successes. Yeah. So. Uh, I has uh, we, we I learned a lot in yeah. the beginning. That's for sure. There but you go. It, it's carried over to today. Hopefully. So.
1: Okay. Well, let's let's do a, a light overview of Revolution Enterprises. Okay. Uh, to, you know, for understanding, and then come back to it in a in a bit. But but give us a a sense of what exactly you're doing right now.
2: All right. Uh, Revolution Enterprises is uh, the DBA of our holding company, ICC Holdings. But Revolution Enterprises, through two of its subsidiaries. Uh, is the largest cultivator in Illinois. Uh, We have two facilities that are 75,525 square feet each, over $23 million a piece. Uh, most of the, we believe, the most technologically advanced cultivation facilities in the world. I'm amazed at it, to be frank. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're up, we'll be operational here pretty shortly, but uh, just to, when you stand in the middle of these places and, and realize it's all going to be full of cannabis, it's, 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 it's almost uh, awe inspiring. We also do consulting work in Canada and other parts of the country. Uh, we're applying for licensing in Florida. Uh, there's only going to be five in Florida as of right now, unless the legislation, uh, unless it changes to, to possibly 15. But it's very restrictive. Environment right now in Florida, uh, the, you know the Charlotte's Web, if you will, uh, law down there is, is pretty restrictive. But it's such a big state population-wise that it's only a matter of time before that changes. Until that until that, that law is changed, it's going to be you know very very limiting in what we can grow down there.
1: All right. So then, just just going back to your grow here in uh, in the area, how'd you get
2: the license? Hard work uh, and a lot of money and a lot of effort. That's for sure. Um, and uh, about Two and a half years of time. Uh, I, the, the, so
1: it starts back. Let's let's do this story right now. Right. Yeah. So
2: all the way back
1: when what?
2: Uh, well, the law passed in, in January 2014, but it became evident probably in late 2012, early 2013 that it was going to go. That it had it had legs, and we we're basically spent that time uh, trying to influence the the wording of the legislation. As you know that bills are are most of the time passed as shells essentially and right. then all everything's promulgated through w- rules later at a later date. So, uh we we were involved early on in trying in trying to uh make those those rules as commercially viable as possible. And I think we did a good job. I think that uh, Bob Morgan the the, the program uh, director for the state who actually just stepped down mm-hmm. uh, did a fantastic job in setting the program up. I think that uh you know Absent of a a couple uh, transportation issues and things like that, I think Illinois is, quite frankly, the standard for the rest of the country going forward. How come? Uh, A couple reasons. Uh, The strict regulations. Mm -hmm. I think that although I'm a libertarian at heart, uh, and in principle I agree with a lot of the the, the advocates that that want full legalization, full home growth, I think that at this stage of the game, uh, regulation's a good thing for the industry because right. you look at Michigan, you look at California, uh, and they're perceived as the Wild West because to a great extent they are. I mean, yeah. it's almost impossible to regulate or wrap your arms around the California market or the Michigan market, uh, testing-wise, seed-to-sale tracking-wise. None of that's going on in those, in those markets. So Illinois being very restricted in that it only has 21 license, uh, licenses for the entire state of, you know, uh, 12.8 million people, um, we think that that's the the successful model going forward is mm-hmm. a severely restricted number of licenses. Um, so, with the, so we are well-regulated. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that we're going to do anything or anybody in Illinois would do anything uh, unseemly, but it's just too burdensome. I mean, even the Colorado market. I mean, there's... Uh, well, over a thousand commercial growers in right. Colorado, right. then add into that all the, the basement and, and, and the garage grows. And, uh, you know, it's kind of been a race to the bottom there. There's so many people competing. There's so much downward pressure on price that these guys, I mean, I'm sure you know, there's people the harvesting 20 days early out in Colorado, not mm-hmm. curing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been in, I don't know, at least three or four dozen grows in large, large scale grows in Colorado and, they wouldn't pass muster in Illinois. It's just a fact. I mean, it's, it's, I'm not uh, deriding them in any way. It's just that's the market they're in. You have to, to a certain degree, cut corners in, in Colorado to, to compete. Uh, in Illinois, it's 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 going to be much different. The the facilities that we that we've built, and I believe most other facilities will be a step above what you've seen to date here in Illinois. Most of the most of the owners or most of the ownership groups are spending a good deal of money. Now, most of them don't, don't don't come anywhere close to what we're spending, but uh, they are going to be. We're, we're going Push the envelope uh, in Illinois. We're going to be – this is the new um, – this is where the innovation is going to happen in the industry, I believe.
1: Yeah, well, how do you mean? Where, where are you pushing the envelope? What, why, what about innovation?
2: Well, our, our our mantra at Revolution Enterprises is advancing the science of cannabis. You know, we've been handcuffed since 1933 in the study of uh, the study of cannabis. Um, and even now that it's opened up, uh, you still have to go through NIDA and the DEA and to, to get approval. I mean, I don't know if, I'm sure you're familiar with Dr. Sue Sicily and how much, how long it took her for, to get approval. Then at the end of the day, you're getting ditchweed. You know, the, the stuff about growing in Mississippi is, you know, they grinded up root ball, soil, fan leaf. The, the whole plant is ground up and it's rolled in the joints, and that's what you get to study. And it, it's, there's no variety of strains. Mm-hmm. The, the uh, THC levels are somewhere in the, in the, in the 10% range. Um, so, you, so you're not going to, not much science is going to get done when you, when you can't modify your inputs. When you can't, when you, when you're not genetically, uh, trying to enhance or, 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 uh, breed for certain conditions, which mm-hmm. is what we're going to be doing in our facilities. Uh, we've spent over a million four Per facility and laboratory equipment alone, uh, you know, obviously supercritical CO two extraction. But beyond that, we're going to be doing we're going to be purifying and fracturing. Uh so we can reduce the ratios of THC and CBD and THCa once it's activated, and, and take the psychoactive components out, out if we want to, or or add more for that for that matter. Um, but you know, while. Uh, adult use or eventual for everybody's important. It, it, we still believe that it is a medicine. It, it really is. Whether uh, people know it or not, you know, some people that smoke recreational, they, 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 they might in their head think it's recreational or adult use, but they, they probably have anxiety or, 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 or insomnia or something. And, and to them, it makes them feel good. But at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's making them happier and mm-hmm. they're, living, they're living a happier, healthier life for it. So we want to make sure that the products we develop are, are, uh, Try we try to pinpoint certain certain conditions and, 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 and help with them. I mean, beyond epilepsy with kids, you know, M, uh, M, pain pain for MMS, glaucoma, uh, you name it. There's there's if we if we continue to advance the science of cannabis, we'll be able to target those conditions and, and, and come up with uh, new and better delivery methods. Right. So, you you uh, you loan officer, you sound like an advocate. You know, I, you I sound am. like a, a, you know somebody that uh, that believes. I, quite frankly, I, I said this to somebody yesterday, this is the first time in my life and I've been in, I'm a serial entrepreneur, I've owned dozens of businesses, uh, this is the first time that I absolutely love everything, uh, getting up every day and doing what I do. I mean, it, it's so refreshing. Everything, everything I've done in the past was you know opportunistic. I was at the right place, it, was, it seemed like I could, I could make some good money at it, so I did it. This, I, I had no problem at all uh, divesting from my other companies and, and focusing three years ago, 100% of my time, 15 hours a day to this endeavor because uh well first of all it paid off because we, we were able to win two of those highly coveted licenses but yeah. uh you know this is my dream job there you go tim i want to come back once your uh, doors are
1: open and and have another one of these conversations uh until then uh please stay away from the
2: bench press okay <laughs> thank you very much for having me you got it right.
0: time to converge listeners to our product and service supplying sponsors
3: You can't ignore the fact that, like alcohol, most people who use don't have a problem. So I think that you need to think about policy in that way
2: while educating people properly about marijuana. I think that's the way to go.
3: Burning Issues, only on CannabisRadio.com.
0: Commercial consumption completed. Now back to Cannabis Economy. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Here's Seth Adler.
1: So, uh, we've got uh, Mark Passerini, uh, co-founder, Ohm of Medicine, also uh, you know involved in the Illinois Cannabis Industry Association. Mark, thanks so much for uh, a little bit of time here.
4: Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Seth.
1: And just a uh, full disclosure, this is a, a morning time conversation, so... Uh, you know, I've had a little bit of coffee. Mark, have you had any coffee? I've had about a half a pot. All right. So a half a pot, he says. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so Ohm of Medicine, I guess let's start there. You're a Chicago guy, right? Uh, take us through the, uh, you know, what, what you guys uh, put together as far as ohm of Medicine. Sure. Uh,
4: so, yeah, I, I'm born and raised in the city of Chicago. I went to school uh, at the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor. So when the law passed in 2008, the law passed by a ballot initiative in the state of Michigan by 63% of the vote. And in 2010, uh, once President Obama had declared that he wasn't going to be going after medical marijuana states and facilities, we decided to open the Home of Medicine. We opened in July of 2010, and really we just set out to be the most transparent and compliant facility in the state. And the way we did that is we invited pretty much every uh, lawmaker and legislator and politician that we could find that would uh, be willing to have the discussion with us. So when we opened our doors, we immediately invited every single member of the city council in Ann Arbor to come in and uh, meet with us and and explain to them exactly what our intent was with the OM of Medicine. We invited the mayor, the chief of police, the uh, uh, city attorney. To date, we've had about 23, 24 uh, state senators and state reps through our facility. Um, and really, it was, uh, it, was, it was just the type of place that we wanted. You know, We wanted to create a place that we were comfortable bringing our grandmothers to. And to date, we've had about 10,000 patients come through our doors. And I think uh, we've done a really good job at not only helping patients with their medical cannabis, but creating a space and, and really bringing the community together
1: yeah and you and I have talked about the fact that uh I've only seen pictures uh, to this point, but uh, everything looks beautiful. How did you know to invite you know those lawmakers in and and uh the police what what's the what background brought you to OM of medicine to begin with?
4: well um I guess it went from one green industry to the next I was in the renewable energy industry I worked for a wind energy company out of Boulder Colorado and a uh, high efficiency lighting company out of uh uh, Wisconsin. And, you know, what when you ask, you know, why I decided to bring in all these uh, politicians, I just knew that, you know, they were going to have to play a part, uh, a major part and a major role moving forward with medical cannabis in the state of Michigan, since it was a law that was passed by the voters. Um, I know that, you know, it's definitely a, it still is a very controversial uh, issue. And I think the, the most important Piece and the key to, uh, to progress with all of this is, is just education. And I think that most folks fear what they uh, fear the unknown. And a lot of the people that we had come through the Ohm of Medicine really just didn't understand cannabis, didn't really either believe or, or know of its efficacy as medicine. Um, so we just wanted to have a, you know, a real open and frank conversation with all these folks.
1: Yeah. T- talk about that transition, though, from one green industry to another. How how did you find uh, cannabis as an industry uh, from the renewable energy space? How did
4: I find it? Um, well, it was actually a, a good friend of mine that I've known for 20 years uh, that gave me a call back in uh, April of 2010 who wanted to open a dispensary in in Lansing, Michigan, and just needed a little bit of capital to uh, uh, to to get it off the ground. So my business partner Keith and I decided to uh, help him out. And once uh, we saw that it was up and running, and we went to go visit the facility, we realized that this is something that uh, we wanted to be involved in ourselves. We didn't have any sort of operational um, any operational uh, responsibilities with the facility in Lansing, so we. Talked to him and said, "Hey, listen, we want to open our own place," and he was totally fine with that. So we opened in Ann Arbor just a couple months later.
1: And and how uh, you know much did you know the Ann Arbor kind of community? Uh, obviously, you you went to to Michigan, and you know you're familiar with it from a uh, you know from a student's perspective. What about from a businessman's perspective? Uh, how did you know that that was a good home?
4: Sure. So. You know, one thing about Ann Arbor that I uh, I was very aware of is its history with uh, very sensible uh, cannabis laws. They were one of the first. Ann Arbor was one of the first cities in the country to decriminalize back in the early '70s. Um, they made it a five-dollar fine to possess an ounce of cannabis or less. So you know, I definitely knew that Ann Arbor was going to, uh, Ann Arbor's always kind of embraced cannabis culture. Um, they're the home of the longest running cannabis reform rally in the country, which is hash bash. Um, I've had the honor of, of emceeing and organizing the speakers for hash bash for the past few years. And I just knew that, you know, Ann Arbor, when it comes to marijuana would, uh, would embrace not only our our business, but embrace the, uh, uh, the movement as a whole. When it comes to business, I've never, you know, run a business or anything uh, like that in the city of Ann Arbor, but I immediately made uh, as many contacts as I could within the uh, the business community. We became a member of the Main Street Area Association. Our, our location is actually based on Main Street right in downtown Ann Arbor. Um, and really, you know, just uh, became a kind of a, uh, we wanted to become a fabric of the community. We, we, joined a number of different nonprofits um we're part of the Ann Arbor Art Center which is the city's oldest nonprofit and we uh give pretty generously every year to the Food gathers which is our local food bank so if we you know really just became uh uh tried to just entwine, intertwine ourselves uh with the uh business community right off the bat
1: uh Excellent. And, you know, it's good to hear that you're uh, giving back uh, to the community through uh, the business and, you know, some of the best and brightest in the industry really recommend that. Uh, and that's how kind of the community opens their arms to you. Um, I need to go ahead and, and ask you about uh, your personal uh, giving back. Am I right that you're a hospital magician? And if I'm right, uh, what is that, Mark? <laughs>
4: You've done your research, Seth, yes. Uh, for the past year, I've been a part of a uh, just an incredible organization called Open Heart Magic, which is based out of Chicago, Illinois, <clears throat> which um, basically trains uh, trans folks to uh, become hospital magicians and, and go into children's hospital rooms, <clears throat> perform magic, and, and kind of... Uh, Put smiles on their faces when uh, otherwise, you know, are pretty bleak times for a lot of these kids. We uh, are now going to be expanding into the Ann Arbor market. University of Michigan has a children's hospital called CS Mott, which uh, we're now starting to uh, bring hospital magicians to uh, bring the magic back for children in, in, in that hospital. So it's uh, definitely a uh, one of one of my favorite two hours of my week um, going in, and I feel like I get as much out of it as these kids do, and I'm pretty excited to uh, be able to start doing this in Ann Arbor. I know that they've gotten, I think, about a dozen volunteers uh, to start off, and I think they're going to be starting training within the next couple of weeks to be able to go into the hospitals at the end of the year
1: okay we, we've got a, uh, a podcast that focuses on magic so we'll ask further questions about that uh, on that fo- podcast uh, so we'll, we'll we'll keep it uh we'll keep it on cannabis for for now as far as uh, you're concerned though in, in all seriousness you you obviously have proven that you personally uh, really appreciate giving back uh, whether it's through the hospital or even as an MC at hash bash you've uh, you talk about the kind of the way that you give back to the community, uh, you know, from an, uh, ohm of medicine perspective. And so it, it does add up to me that you would be a, a perfect person to kind of, um, be a part of, and, and uh, I think even uh, start up the Illinois Cannabis Industry Association. When did uh, when did you start getting involved with that?
4: Uh, well, I I really started putting our board together back in December of 2013 is when we uh, we officially became an entity, so to speak, in the state mm-hmm. of Illinois when we registered. Um, I knew that. Illinois was going to be a contentious state. It passed legislatively. It barely passed. It only passed by four votes in the state house. And there needed to be an organization uh, in place that would be a voice for the industry. So the Illinois Cannabis Industry Association is actually an affiliate of the National Cannabis Industry Association. Uh, The National, uh, the NCIA, has about a 1,000 members nationwide. And we're looking to... Um, kind of mimic uh, what they've been able to accomplish uh, in Washington, D.C. We want to mimic Mm -hmm. uh, the same thing in Springfield, Illinois, and make sure that the industry is fairly represented.
0: Time to converge listeners to our product and service supplying sponsors.
3: Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. The smoke is rising and the next crop of podcasts devoted to cannabis providers and enthusiasts are ready to be harvested.
0: Now back to Cannabis Economy, only on CannabisRadio.com. Here's Seth Adler.
1: You know, I want to make sure to ask you uh, a few final questions here. We, we traditionally ask uh, the, the following three uh, questions. One is, what has most surprised you uh, in, in cannabis? You're, you're there in Illinois, um, you know, Folks are familiar with the cannabis community in Colorado. Folks are com- familiar with the uh, cannabis community in Washington and, and California. Um, you know, uh, Michigan has uh, fewer players, certainly. So what has most surprised you in cannabis?
4: Oh, that's a great question, Seth. One thing that surprised me the most is just how staunch and, and, and set in their ways people are when faced with uh, uh, scientific evidence, when faced with... Uh, when faced with, you know, uh, the truth, I think most, so many people, um, that have been, uh, exposed to the past 80 years of propaganda from, you know, not only our government, but so many different sources when it comes to cannabis, um, just don't want to hear anything different. It's, it's, t- it's so difficult to, uh, to turn people around. I think it's becoming a lot easier, um, especially with the advent of uh, not only the inter- internet but I mean it's, it's so easy to just get the uh, uh, information these days and you know it seems that cannabis is taking the same pathway as uh, as, as um, gay marriage has um, in terms of just it's it's skyrocketing to acceptance but uh, you know there are still just quite a few uh, quite a few people out there that just don't want to hear it so I think that's probably one of the biggest surprises I figured when we started our business five years ago. It would only take a couple of years to change all the hearts and minds of uh, of, you know, legislators and politicians. But it just doesn't seem <clears throat> doesn't seem that uh, it's as easy as I thought. So that's probably what surprised me the most.
1: Yeah. And that, it is. It's one of those issues where the public is ahead. And so then, you know, as far as what has most surprised you uh, in life, what would your answer uh, be there? And I know you said uh, the the cannabis uh, question was big. This is this is even bigger, right?
4: Yeah, I, I would say, uh, you know, growing up in the 70s, 80s, 90s, um, things moved along at, uh, at, at a certain pace. And I think what surprised me most recently over the past 10, 15 years is, uh, the, the, the matter of which, uh, information and, and knowledge has been able to be spread throughout, you know, the world um as quickly as it has and and I guess that's the internet. I guess what's really surprised me is the internet. To be perfectly honest when I was in high school um and college, my first few years of college, I didn't was uh in the early 90s um you know, uh, email was just coming out and and I actually was uh one of the people that kind of resisted a little bit. I didn't I didn't really use email until my senior year of college in 97. um but I think that that's really surprised me in terms of, you know, both this industry and, and my last industry uh, with renewable energy, how quickly um, the world can get on board with, with things that make sense. So I think the, uh, the spread of information and knowledge is, uh, is one thing that, you know, I'm, I, I got to say I'm pleasantly surprised with.
1: Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, you know, and maybe this, uh, maybe bringing back those thoughts from college might help on this next question. As far as your soundtrack of life, you know, what what would one track be on the Mark Passerini soundtrack of life?
4: Interesting, a soundtrack of life. You know, my my favorite album um, has got to be uh, "Graffiti Blues" by Blue Mitchell. So I would, uh, I'd say just that whole album. It's it's an instrumental album, but uh, for me, it uh, from top from start to finish is uh, something that I could have playing in the background for the rest of my life. Here,
1: there you go. That is uh, that is a great answer. I uh, appreciate the brash. And, and, you know, boldness, uh, the, the Midwestern, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, again, brashness. And, and again, I'm making fun of myself being a New Yorker. You're the nice guy here. But uh, pulling out the, the, the whole album, um, we're going to go play that uh, right now. Uh, Mark, really appreciate uh, y- your time here. Um, you know, we, we do know that you guys are, are, uh, are really, you know, Fighting the good fight in, in Illinois. Uh, you're doing a good job. I'm here to tell you that, uh, you are making headway. Uh, e- even if it feels like you're not, uh, you've got, uh, you know, some, some really tough fights on your hand with the fingerprinting and the, uh, the number of patients and the, you know, um, you know, and everything in between, uh, let alone just running a business. So, uh, so thanks for, uh, thanks for fighting the fight, you know, fighting the good fight. And, uh, and again, appreciate your time. Great, I appreciate what you're doing, Seth. Keep uh keep it up. You got it, Tim McGraw and Mark Passerini, two great Midwest guys. Really appreciate uh, them uh, being a part of this. You can be a part of this. Uh, check us out on Twitter at Can Economy. That's two ends of the word economy. Same deal on Facebook, Can Economy. Two ends. And the word economy. Very pleased to be on uh, the Cannabis Radio Network. Hope you enjoyed the show.